What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the First Defense Audio Installment, episode 13. And we got a lot to talk about coming out of uh, Talladega from J.J. Yaley potentially taking his ride back from Denny to Kyle Busch being back in victory lane. The old Chastain caution is back. And we got a lot more in between all that to talk about. I will tell you the one thing we aren't talking about is the package because it feels like at this point it gets complained about no matter what track we're at. So I just, if you want to hear about that, Denny talks about it in his podcast and he's a driver. So I think if you want to hear about the package, listen to a driver's perspective. Him, Corey, Stacking Pennies, one of those podcasts. So yeah, definitely got a lot to talk about. I'll preview Dover. I think it's going to be a really good weekend. It's one of my favorite tracks at this point because the Xfinity Racing is so good there and Cup. All right, let's get it going with the standings. So Bell still maintains the lead. He's got five top fives and seven top tens. That's the most of everyone. Chastain second, Harvick third, Larson fourth. So nothing really shook up too much there. Kyle Busch goes up to fifth from eighth or ninth. Um, Reddick sixth, Truex down to seventh, Blaney up to eighth. Denny Hamlin stays in ninth, Bowman. Joey Logano all the way down to 11th. I swear, this is how it goes with Joey. He's up high, goes way down, wins, shoots back up, and then up and down, up and down. But he always maintains in the top 10 at least. He's 11th now. Kozlowski, Stenhouse, Byron, Briscoe, Busher, Suarez, Sindrick, um... Eric Elmerol is in 24th. He's up two spots. Eric Jones is up to 25th. They're they're really kind of buried in points. Noah Gregson's all the way down to 32nd, and he was going to have a really good run. I mean, he's Elliott passed him, so he's still got good stage points. So that he still had a really good day, but he's still buried way down there. Um, yeah, I think... That's about it. No no huge changes. If you look at the bubble battle, Busher, Sindrick, and Briscoe are all kind of there. Who, we, we're definitely going to get some upset winners, so that's going to change. So we can't really talk about much with that. We're only 10 races in, and there's still so much to happen. But anyways, finishing positions. Just I always go over the finishing positions because there's always someone that's up there that you forget about. Bush, Blaney, Busher, Briscoe, Keselowski, Eric Jones, William Byron, Christopher Bell, Daniel Suarez, Todd Gilliland, J.J. Yilly in uh, 11th. Uh, McLeod had an 18th place finish. That's good for him. And, yeah, J.J. Yilly 11th. And I saw a stat that, like, he hasn't finished in the top 20 twice in a row since, like, 07, something insane like that. Todd Gilliland had a really good run again in the 36 car, so he's proven something. Um, he's, he's strung together a good amount of top tens. Let me check here if I can. He's got three top tens and, uh, six top twenties. So he's really having a good year. Um, yeah, it's Dega. That's kind of why this top ten is shaking up. But really still, there were some, all the guys that you kind of expect to run well are in there except for a few others 
So starting off, just qualifying, no practice. It's with the new, the way the super speedway races are now, you you don't see someone put down an insane qualifying lap and you're like, oh, they're going to be tough to beat. It's kind of, especially since track position so important. So I didn't know what to expect. And throughout the whole race, you couldn't really tell whose cars was do were dominant. But I think at the end, when Blaney was controlling the lines, you could tell he was going to be extremely tough to beat. And there was a few cars that just looked strong, but I think that was more driver than everything. And they stayed too wide the whole race. The third line would form, but the way it is is just someone jumps out to the front of that third line, gets pushed. To the front and then they see an opening to gain say three four spots which is a lot because it's too wide underneath them and then or someone like a couple rows back that was way in the back and moved up jumps out of the outside and goes in the middle and since it the the line had to be so perfect it would just deteriorate there's just so much drag on the car so it took a lot of work to get that formed up in commitment and it did at one point so it's possible, but it's just, I I don't know, I think it's not worth that much effort in because of how selfish the drivers are, like we already know. They're just going to jump out of that line and screw the whole rest of the drivers who are committed to it. The We saw another classic, like, just bump gone, Ron Wreck, um, with Harrison Burton and Gregson. Gregson was doing, he was doing a good job pushing that line and controlling it. Um, I mean, he, they hit that bump. And if you look, I think Bubble was leading or Bubble was pushing Gibbs, something like that. And he was pushing very similarly. So I don't think Gregson was doing anything wrong. It just, he, it was kind of like the classic where you hit the car like twice quickly, but in two different spots combined with the bump it just got him out of shape not Gregson's fault but that definitely shook things up because then the fuel came into play and the the race kind of went to chaos it was just all strategy and pitting and who cycled out in front all that until this happened and this is when it really got interesting so then we had the Gregson Chastain incident and I have no idea what to make of this most people, the general consensus is is just that it's a racing deal, and I think Chastain just so aggressive that he was going to take the spot as soon as he saw it, but I also think that Gregson's like, we're not even up to speed, you're committed to my bumper, and he drifted up a tiny bit, probably thinking that Chastain would just like ever so slightly follow him and keep the momentum going, but Chastain just went opposite, and... Gregson, I mean, he barely went down, and it was just enough where they got connected. He got loose and got turned into the wall. So, I would say it's a racing deal. I, If Gregson was my driver, I would be mad and blame Chastain. But from the outside, I think it's just an over... It's an aggressive move from Chastain and then maybe Noah. I don't even think it's being an experience, just getting caught off guard. Um... Yeah, so then there was a fuel thing. Bush, they told Bush to pit. He stayed out. He had just enough fuel to, I think, coast on the cooldown lap and then start a burnout, but he didn't really get to do a full burnout, so it was close. But obviously, they're glad they did it. And there was a few other guys, like Hamlin said he pitted. He wished he stayed out. So there was guys who... And then Gibbs ran out of gas, so 
it was just a matter of fuel save maybe which manufacturer has the fuel mileage down and I want to say this is the first time we've ever seen cars run out of gas I think that's right because we haven't had a fuel mileage race so no one really knew what these what the new car would do but I, I'm assuming they have it just calculated so well they did and they they can simulate all that whatever because it was pretty accurate I mean Bush just made it um and Gibbs didn't make it so there was just that definitely had to do with like how much you were on the throttle all that stuff so yeah Bush barely makes it on fuel he he just survived that race and never really led and was up front but was r right where he needed to be at the end um the Bubba Blaney thing I think Bubba had that great run Blaney pushed him to the lead and then obviously Blaney was going to go for the pass and he went toward the bottom and Bubba blocked, which was definitely the right thing to do, but he kind of clipped the apron and slid up the track and then tried to block him again on the top, and that's when they just lost all their momentum because you can't hit the apron and keep maintain that speed. And I mean, I think Bubba, he, Bubba's clearly a really good super speedway racer. I mean, you can't deny it now. He leads laps, it feels like, at almost all of them, especially Daytona and Talladega. And I think the reason why he is, like, he's always up front, but something goes wrong. Maybe he wrecks. I think once he gets one win, it would make it all way easier just finishing off one of these races and winning multiple. So, yeah, I think that's coming. Uh, he's obviously going to learn from this. And i'm sure if we they raced that day gun the same thing happened again he probably would have just stuck to the bottom and they had they were lined up um bush probably would have had to push him and try to pass him so it would have came down to him and bush racing but at least he would have had a shot so good race from bubba though i thought blaney had a really good race as well he just can't do anything to win he's so good at the play tracks i really thought this was he was going to be impossible to beat at there at the end, but Bush gets it done. Um, yeah, I think that's all there is to talk about the race. We'll get into more of the stuff down here in the first offense, move the race, all that. So, yeah, let's get into that. Out, stayed out, and they even had another chance to pit, but they were like, whatever, stay out at this point. And this perfectly sums up first offense because they were willing to risk coming in the, being the last car across the checker that's still running or go for the win and it wasn't worth that worth it for them to pit and settle for a mediocre finish in the teens if they had made it through the wreck so they just put everything on the line and it paid off and I have to give an honorable mention too to when he made the pass for the lead bubble was coming down the track and I don't know if Bush just reacted to what his spotter was saying or he saw but he barely got out of the way kind of shot down the apron kept his car under control and just made it to the checkered just enough fuel so yeah they put everything on the line and it paid off so that was cool first or fence move all right this week's underdog of the race gotta go to jj Ely. he's got two back-to-back -to -back top 20 finish finishes and he's that's good for him i mean after brawling with denny after denny destroyed him at richmond He's coming back strong, coming for Denny's ride, getting back in the Joe Gibbs racing stable. And I think he could replace Denny after this year. I think that's his plan. He's on a tear. 
So we'll have to wait and see what happens, especially with Denny being in a contract year. And there's also some questions about what's going on with FedEx and if they're going to renew their sponsorship. I'm still, I'm sure there's a ton of stuff all being played out. But yeah, I mean, J.J. Ely's coming for him. Uh, it's good to see him running good and who knows what else he can get done this year. All right, now we're on to the back half of the podcast. We got some race takes, NAS facts, and then we'll go over Dover, which I'm really looking forward to. So let's get into these race takes. Got a few. It wasn't the most action-filled race, but we still got some. The first one says stupid, and this one's coming from my brother, Noah Gregson fan, so we know why he's saying that. Unpressive, I think that's supposed to say unimpressive. Pretty solid. Um, I mean, I thought it was pretty solid. It was... I know they weren't going three wide and making insane moves, but it wasn't the worst super speedway race we've seen with the next-gen car. Last one, Bubba should have raced for the win instead of too many blocks causing the wreck. Yeah, for sure. And the top line had gotten all out of whack. They were so unorganized. And that was kind of simultaneous to when Bubba was making that block, and he can't know all that's going on there. But if he had stuck to the bottom, I think Bush probably would have given him a huge push. And then Bush himself probably would have even cleared Blaney because of how unorganized the top was. And Bubble would have just had to deal with him, and that would have been a way. It probably would have been a lot easier for him to do that than Blaney because I think Blaney was already kind of on his outside, so it would have been hard for Bush to get on his quarter panel and slow him down. So, yeah, in hindsight, I'm sure he's going to make a different decision next time, but. I mean, he's leading a lot of laps at these races, so he's definitely going to get one. All right, let's wrap up Talladega with some NAS facts, NAS stats. (laughs) Remember, these come from Trey Ryan on Twitter. I don't take all of his analytics. I just take a few because I want you guys to follow him to get the rest of them because they're really good. And, yeah, I'll leave his link in the description of this podcast to his Twitter account. So, First one, we got drivers within 100 points of the points lead after 10 races. So there's 16 drivers within 100 points of the points lead this year, and that's the most since 2014. So that's the most we've had in a while, and I think I just realized why. I want to say it's because of the Bowman penalty. Let's see how that would change things. So if he had 60, oh no, because he would be... He lost 60 points, I believe, so he would still be behind Bell. So, wow, that feels just super competitive right now. And Larson didn't get a penalty. It would would have been Byron, who's all the way down to 14th. So that really wouldn't have changed much. So, wow, the field is super competitive right now. And if you look, there's a handful of drivers that are only 50 points away, which that can shrink fast with if say bell the leader gets into a wreck early next week that can change everything pretty quick so that's pretty cool stat here's another interesting one teams ranked by wins in the next gen car as expected hendrick with 15 joe gibbs racing with seven and then rcr with six so rcr has more than penske stuart haas 23 11 uh track house roush fenway legacy in JTG so track Richard RCR is really pulling their own weight here now that they got Bush two wins in 10 races they could pass Gibbs who has four cars and Hendrick obviously is super good right now and they were good last year so I can't see anyone catching them anytime soon
but for RCR to be at six, it's pretty cool. And then Stuart Haas struggling. 23-11 at three is not that bad. That's pretty solid, I would say. Um, and then, yeah, Trackhouse hasn't won in a while, but they're they're running good. I mean, Chastain's always up there, but he's on a really long winless streak. It's been a year. Last win was Dega. It's pretty hard to believe. Kyle Busch, I think I just said, or no, Kyle Busch now has as many wins in 10 races with RCR than he did in his final 61 races at JGR, so already a success for them. I mean, they don't even have the speed week in and week out, but they're just, I think he's approaching things differently, so just the change in scenery is a lot better, and there's, it's just a lot, seems like a lot more calmer. And that's why he's closed this race out, dominated auto club. So he just seems like he's in a spot where he may not be a threat to win every week. But when he is, he's going to be like Harvick. He's going to be like the closer almost. Um, and yeah, especially if they can find more speed at their short tracks, he could be a, he could rack up a ton of wins this year. Um also, RCR finished first and last, and this is the first time they ever did it. Last year, they almost did it when Austin Dillon finished second and Reddick finished last, which is funny that it happened, almost happened last year and hadn't happened in their whole history. Uh, 2023 top fives, this is not much to talk. Bell's got five. Um, Harvick's got three, Logano three, Byron three, Bush three, Bowman three. Briscoe 3, Larson, and Reddick are the only ones with 4. Um, last one. Oh, no, that's all of them. So, yeah, a few today. Go on his Twitter and check them out. He posts a ton of them. They're really, I, I look at them all day. And every time a race happens, he comes up with some crazy unique ones. And it's always interesting to see. All right. Now we can go on to Dover, finally. But one thing, oh, the Xfinity race real quick. That race was insane. I The racing in the Xfinity cars is so good, but just inexperience probably caused a lot of those wrecks. And they have a lot of flips. I mean, Mayer was on his hood sliding for a straightaway this year. Last year, what was it? Daytona when Myatt Snyder got flipped. Then that, bar that uh, barrel roll this week, and then Hemrick ended up on his roof. So, I mean, these... The Xfinity cars really get airborne, and they they look like a feather once they're up. I'm sure they're going to be changing something on those, but, I mean, they're so safe. It's great to see everyone get out of there fine. Uh, yeah, all right, now, and then the colleague appeal, they got their points back. I was happy to see that. Feels like it happened three months ago because it was earlier in the week right after this pod. I might have even talked about it on last week's pod. I don't know. I just wanted to make sure I mentioned it. Next week's race, Monster Mile, Dover. Cup race is at 2 o'clock Sunday. We may get rain. Practice and qualifying is at 10.35 and 11.20 on Saturday. No trucks. Xfinity race is 1.30 Saturday. Practice and qualifying at 3.05 and 3.35. Dover also doesn't have lights. That's why there's earlier start times. And I'm going to pull up the weather right now. I checked it yesterday when I was, going, I was writing these notes. But let's see if anything changed. It's still early in the week. I do think we're going to get some kind of rain because it looks like, let's see, so we got Friday 80%, Saturday 70%, Sunday 40%, so maybe we're going to get racing Sunday, 
And Saturday's thunderstorms, and those a lot of times just go away instant, like out of nowhere. Friday, though, is just regular rain, so that would affect Xfinity practice and qualifying. But I think we're going to get some racing Saturday, and I'm pretty optimistic about Sunday, too. For the Cup Series, I'm taking Chase Elliott. He won this race last year. I was going to go him or Denny, but since I picked Denny a lot this year, I'll go Chase. Um, it's a unique track. I don't know who's going to be fast, but I do think HMS and JGR will be fast. Those two big teams, I just... And RC and uh, HMS is uh, has a good chunk of speed on the field right now, so they're going to be tough to beat. Uh, Xfinity series, I'm going Chandler Smith. Kind of a odd pick because of how good JRM was here last year, but they're kind of struggling. And then the thing with JGR is I just I don't know which driver I would want to pick out of that team to get it done. So I just went Chandler Smith. Um, maybe Nemechek, Sammy Smith, Josh Berry, super good here, Al Geyer. But I'm taking Chandler Smith. Uh, yeah, that's it for my race picks. I'm trying to think. I picked Denny last week, I think. Or no, I picked Bell. I've been, my picks haven't been that good this year. I think for the Xfinity Series, I picked Austin Hill just because he's like the best car at ever, every super speedway. Uh, yeah, so just a doubleheader this weekend, no trucks. Dover was good last year. There was some dirty air problems that we hate, but... I still think there was a lot. There was a lot of good racing. I really remember having a good feeling about that race. A lot of passing restarts were insane. In the Xfinity series, was like next level. That battle between Al Guyer and Josh Berry was so good. So I'm really looking forward to that race Saturday. And then if the um, if the track is hot and slick, I was thinking it'd be even better than last year because I do think we had a lot of cloud cover and that kind of slowed the track down and it finished on a monday too after all that rain so sunday it's gonna be 67 and sunny that might be good hopefully it's the sun's beating down on it it'll make that it'll make it a lot better i mean i would think the track has so much grip that it would definitely yeah i think it would make the car slide around a ton um yeah, got a lot of intermediates coming up, and Jeff Gluck said on his podcast that some of the drivers were saying that Dover's like telling to, to who has speed, so I don't know what that means, but I guess Do even though it's such a oddball track, the drivers feel that whoever's fast here has some serious speed, and then, yeah, after let's see what we got after Dover. I think it's Kansas or Darlington. Yeah, Kansas, Darlington. And then we're already at the all-star race. Pretty crazy. It's already here. And then sh the Coke 600. So got a lot to look forward to. No no short tracks for a while. I love intermediates with the next-gen car, especially when they're not like Vegas where it's cold and you can't pass. The leaders. Anyways, that's it for today's podcast. I'm calling it the RCR effect because all the sun and bush is up front at the super speedways when he's on RCR, and we're who are notoriously good speedway a good speedway team with Dale obviously and then especially the eight car too back in the DEI days who is which is technically part of RCR now because they were bought out by them uh I think that's gonna do it 
I hope you guys like this. If you made it this far, thank you. I appreciate it. And I got a big announcement coming up. I'll be talking more about this next week, but the first Sunday in May is when it's all going to start. And I'm looking forward to it, maybe even more than this podcast. So stay tuned for that. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.